0: The following episode may contain material that some listeners may find triggering or disturbing and may not be suitable for younger audiences, including depictions of sexual assault, violence, and suicide. Listener
1: discretion is advised. I've been in a better place since then, and I found peace within myself. I know the reason why my thoughts went that far and I went as far as taking action is because I wasn't at peace. Like I was trying to keep the peace with everything else, but I was really at war with myself. So it's like now, even the slightest things, I don't even let that happen. I'd rather just let a person know how I feel or let them know where I stand or just remove myself from the situation before I disrupt my own peace. And I think that people, you know, they don't understand, like, how much power peace has. When you're at peace with yourself, the whole world could be burning around you. And you're just like, okay, it is what it is.
0: These are stories featuring everyday women who have overcome some extraordinary obstacles. From Ash Media Network, this is the good news. Hey there, welcome back to the Good News Podcast. We are down to our last few episodes of season one, and I really hope you've been enjoying these stories so far. But not to worry, we're already working on season two. If you have a story to tell about how you overcame an extraordinary obstacle, I want to hear from you. Click the link in the description of today's episode and tell us your story. You may be featured on season two of the Good News Podcast. Okay, on to today's story. Today's story is from Ashley. Other than having the coolest name ever, if I do say so myself, before we started talking and before she said one word about her story, she asked if it was okay if we had prayed. She admitted to being a little nervous, and I totally understood So we took a minute and prayed. Her prayer was fervent, unwavering. And once we got into her story, I understood the need for her prayer. Ashley will take us to one of the hardest and darkest moments of her life. And she's not only brave, but she's honest. And I know this story will mean something to you, like it does to me. Here's Ashley.
1: Um, my name is Ashley Andre. I'm initially born in Miami, Florida, but I was raised in Miramar, Florida, which is like 15 minutes from Miami. It's so funny because it's like who I am now is how my personality was when I was younger. So like, I was the popular kid. Uh, everybody knew Ashley, like, or Ashley Andre. They call me by my full name. They just can't say Ashley. So they were like, Ashley Andre. I was definitely like, you know, the class clown per se, the pretty girl, uh, like, you know, just, I don't know. I was just like involved in like different things with like different people Like I love people, but I was also chill too, but like I had a balance, but I wasn't as outgoing because I grew up in a Haitian household. So, like the three things that in a Haitian household is known for, and I'll translate it in English, which is l'église, l'cage, and l'école, which is school, home, and church. That's it. It was no you going out with your friends, you spending the night, none of that. So when I got a chance to do that, that was in school. So I showed my I showed my butt off <laughs> in <It's> school. <laughs> I would say for the most part, I was definitely close to my family on my dad's side, not too much on my mom's side. Maybe my cousins that I was closer in age with, which were probably like three or four, but that was about it. So my mom, she's always like been around, right? So she's just kind of like just been there in a sense, like she was always in the picture, but not really there. At first, in the beginning, it was never good or bad. We just never had a connection. And I, I didn't realize that until I got older. It was just more so of like, okay, I'm your mom. So I feel like I just have to buy you stuff or whatever. But I don't really know how to do like this love thing. So I'll leave that to your grandma. Grandma raised me since I was three days out the hospital um, because my parents did have me when I was young. But I'm her baby. Like I'm what they would say is her start over kid because she didn't have the best relationship with my father and my uncles. Um, however, she gave me everything. Like she gave me that love, that affection. Um, she opened up doors for me that I never thought that I would have the opportunity to see. Not that I never thought I would have the opportunity to see, but I didn't realize it wasn't the norm for other black kids. So she she's taught me a lot. She's taught me everything I know. My father went to prison when I was 11. So my I was always living with my grandmother. So when my dad went to prison, I guess, like, my mom felt like that was the time for her to step up and be like, okay, well, I'm taking, I'm going to take Ashley. Not necessarily take me away, but, like, it's my turn to step in. However, I just wasn't going for it. I was very rebellious uh, towards that because it was like, for me, it's like, you're taking me away from my comfort zone. Like, I'm not comfortable with you. You're not like my peace. Like, you're not my, you know, my peace, my safe space. My grandma's house is my safe space. So like, you know, when my dad went to prison and, you know, I'm starting to act up in school, sorry, and I was fighting a lot. Like, it was just like a lot going on. And then, you know, fast forward with my mom, like that made our relationship even more rocky. So when it went from being like neutral to like, oh, like this is bad, then it went from that. And then the situation with her boyfriend, which is now her husband has happened. So I had a good relationship with him. For me, it was like a a stepfather and daughter talking. Like, you know, when I see him, we're always cracking jokes, you know, things like that. He, um, he has kids from a previous relationship, so i seen them as my little brothers. I'll always take them to the park, and you know, all that other good stuff. But my mom, I, I don't know, I guess she's seen it different. I remember this one specific time like I was in the house, and I think I had on shorts or tights or something like that. And she was like, oh, you need to go change. Like, you don't wear stuff like that in the house when, when a man's here. And I was so confused, because I was just like, why? I was taken back from it, but whatever, you know, this is what mom says to do. So to avoid the conflict, you do it. And then it was one time, like, you know, I gave the man a compliment on his outfit and my mom accused me of having sex with him. For me, it was like, I thought I was just numb to things, but not me realizing that I was just directing my anger elsewhere. I didn't realize that I was going through a depression at such a young age. Just when I got older and I knew what depression was, I started to look back on it and be like, damn, like I was really going through a lot at a young age. Like I kind of felt like I had to put my back up against the wall and fend for myself because it was only so much that my grandmother could do. And then when he took the opportunity to sexually assault me, for me, it was just like, what? <laughs> what like, you know, like it was like for me, it was just like, what are, what are, what are, like what why? Like I couldn't really wrap my head around it. And um, I remember specifically that night after he realized, like, you know, okay, she's not going for it or whatever, like he had a conversation with me, like, put some pants on, cause I I was sleeping in a t-shirt when he um when he touched me. Um, You need to put some pants on. And then he started talking about how my mom was jealous of me. He was more, more than saying like, you know, she was jealous of me and saying that asking me, like, did I ever see him more than a father figure? I ended up going to my grandma's house the next morning. And then I called her as soon as I got in the house because he was the one that dropped me off. Um, my mom was in the shower so he dropped me off to my grandmother's house and I'm not gonna lie I was scared so I didn't really know how to react in that moment however like you know when I got to my grandmother's house I called her instantly and I said ma like this is what happened etc we drove back to the house it was like a big thing like you know my mom was like you know Ashley I believe you I'm sorry this happened to you I loved you and I'm not gonna hold you like that was the first time like I could actually say, I believe something that came out of my mom's mouth. So like when I seen her kick him out and you know, things, of, like, you know, things like that, I was like, okay. Like, you know, I felt like she had my back. I want to say about like a year or two later, like my sister was kind of like trying to give me like signs that he was still in a picture. I remember one time, I, I'm not gonna lie, I did go through my mom's phone and then I seen her still messaging him on Facebook. And I sent her a screenshot of it. Like, I sent it to myself and then I sent it back to her. Like, that's crazy. Like, you know what this man did or whatever the case may be. And you, you're still, like, in communication with him. People that know about the situation, like, a lot of them were like, oh, why wasn't he in jail or why wasn't he in prison? It was for the simple fact that, like, my mom was like, we're going to call the police. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. It was a week later. Nothing happened. I'm the one that went to the police at my school. So by the time all of that transpired, it's like evidence is gone. So it's my word up against his. You see, the thing is, is that I didn't know what I was feeling at that time because it was like growing up with my mom and like just that side of the family. It was always like, oh, you're being so extra or you're looking for attention or you're this, you're that and the other. So it was like, you know, I always like um, downplayed my emotions. Like, oh, you know, you don't really feel like that because you're just being extra. Or you're just being this. But not knowing like my heart is literally breaking inside. I'm devastated. Like, you know, I'm 12, 13 years old and I'm like trying to wrap my head around like my mom is still messing with a guy that sexually assaulted me you know, dealing with that. And like, I don't know, I was just balancing out so many different emotions. And it was like the, the other person that I did feel safe with, which is my dad, he was here. As I grew older, like that's when I started to realize, well, once I finished, you know, not finished, but went through therapy and, you know, things of that nature, it was on her birthday that I realized I got to show her grace. I have to show her grace because at the end of the day, yes, she did this to hurt me. But she also went through something similar with somebody sexually assaulting her. Somebody raped her. I wasn't raised off of survival, but she was. So it was like, you know, the fact that I was raised from love, like, you know, we view our worlds are very different. So I had to realize that she does not know what love is. I had to realize that she's not as mentally strong as I am. I would be able to stand up, you know, for myself and be like, I'm not going for that. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, you have to go. But versus for her, she's like, what would people think of me? And that's literally her thought process. What would people think of me? And I'm more so, I don't really care what nobody has to think. Like, this is what I stand on.
0: I thanked Ashley for opening up and sharing this part of her story. One thing I have learned and continue to learn is you can't change people, especially the ones that you love and who you expect to love you back. I have learned that people will be who and what they want to be, and you have to let people be who and what they want to be. By extending them grace, you allow yourself to move forward. I asked Ashley... Did she ever confront her mom and tell her mom how she made her feel?
1: I think for me, it was several occasions. Like, this wasn't the first time me and her had a conversation about me asking her, like, how could you choose like a man that's you know sexually assaulted your daughter oh like how can you choose him over me kind of thing it wasn't even only about the sexual assault but you know he used to beat her beat her up in front of us like you know I'm talking about slap her in the like slap her in the face with a gun before like beat like I'm talking about beat her like beat her bad and it's just like why like why are you going back to that like not only should my situation be enough, but what he's putting through, putting you through alone should be enough. So I think for me, it was definitely when we went to therapy, like my mind was really made up. Like I wrote a letter to her. My therapist recommended I wrote, I wrote uh, write a letter, sorry. And I was eight pages in. And my therapist said, I may challenge you to give it to her or whatnot so write exactly how you feel my therapist didn't know what was going to transpire like my mind was already set up so I'm eight pages in writing the letter and I'm in tears like I'm bawling and it's not only about like the sexual assault it was it went as deep as like I just wanted you there as a mom like I just wanted you to show up for me so I told her like look you know I want to go to therapy with you whatever the case may be I'm going to pay for this session etc And she was against it. Like she wasn't for it because she knew what was going to come about. And she got tired of me talking about it. So we went to the therapy session. I read her the letter and I gave her an ultimatum. And the ultimatum was pretty much telling her that if you want us to work on our relationship, I'm cool with that. Like I would pay for our therapy sessions for us to get to a place where we actually have a mother and daughter relationship, but he has to go. And if you don't want to do that, then my sister's the only daughter that you have. I'm done with you after that. And then she told me that she could not give up her livelihood for me. That was that. She walked out the door and that was the last time I spoke to her. The little girl inside of me was just like, choose me. Please choose me. Like, don't choose him. Like, don't tell me anything else other than I choose you. When she told me, like, I can't give up my livelihood for you, I'm not going to lie. And then she walked out the door, I was shattered.
0: Other Ashley here. I can only imagine how that must have felt, hearing that from a parent and what that does to a child, what that does to a human being. We took a second and paused the interview, and I told Ashley... And if this resonates with you, I'm telling you, you don't need another soul on this earth to choose you. You can choose you. Always choose you. No matter how many more relationships you get into, whoever you marry in the future, however many kids you have, whether you reconcile with the people that hurt you or not, always choose you first. You don't need anyone else on this earth to choose you. Do not ever forget that. I asked Ashley, what did support look like for her at that time? Who was there for her when she needed them the most? Here's what she said.
1: Um, the support was real. Like, I, well, more so on my dad's side of the family and my friends. That's where the, the support really came in at. Uh, my family just really stood up for me in that moment. But I think they really stepped up more when my suicidal attempt came along. So he was my first love and he still he still holds that title. Him and I did meet back home in Miami. He's initially from Miami, too. And we met pretty young. I was 16 at the time. He had to be like 18, 17, 18. And he was like my first everything. Like that was my he was my safe place. Like That was my best friend, too. He went off to college and I was like, I don't know if I want to stick beside him through this, Um, but I did stick beside him um, for a little bit and he started cheating and, you know, exactly, you know, guys. In my mind, I'm not going to hold you. At that time, I thought cheating was normal because of like what I see the women in my family go through with their men. So I stuck with him even like, you know, through that or whatnot. And then he had the audacity to break up with me talking about he just needs to get himself together and focus on himself. Like we were doing really good at that point, too. So we broke up for a little bit. Um, Well, not for a little bit, for a few years. He made his attempt to come back in the picture. And when he made his attempt, he was very persistent. Like, I'm talking about my guy was not only texting and calling. I'm talking about his parents are hitting me up like, Ashley, we need to see you. Even though I have not spoken to you, like, you know, we miss you, this, this, that, and the other. Um, I went to their house or whatnot. And when I seen him, I realized I I still loved him. Him and I end up getting back into a relationship, but we we stayed with each other for an additional like three years after that. And it just became worse than what it was before. Like the cheating became a lot more frequent. um, The lies became a lot more frequent. I'm going through the phones and I'm seeing stuff that I should not be seeing. It was when uh, he came into town. And this was a month after the whole situation with my mom happened. So he came into town and he was like, look, I miss you. Like, I need to see you. We need to talk, et cetera. So, you know, we're talking and we see each other. It's a family event. And it felt like it was like a pause and resume moment because we haven't seen each other for a year at this point. Um, and then it was just like, yeah, like, this is my I felt like this is my person, you know. Um, so we're talking and he's just like, actually, like, look, I'm still in love with you. I still love you. I still want to be with you. Like, let's go to therapy. You know, the whole nine, like just feeding me stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I'm, I never heard him talk like this. So for me, I'm like, OK, he might be serious this time. We we get intimate with each other. And then he's like, look, I'm going back home. Um, I want us to work through things, et cetera, because he's living in Charlotte at this time. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I want to say a couple of days after that situation happened, he literally calls me one morning and was like, look, I don't want to be with you. I want to be with this person, which is the girl that he was dealing with for two years in our relationship. And I was like, wait, what? And he knew everything that was going on with my mom. Like, he knew everything. And I was just like, you just took advantage of me. Like, you didn't care about what I, like, you didn't care about me. You just cared about satisfying your needs. And he, all he could say was like, look, I'm sorry. And that was that. And I'm not gonna lie, I was devastated. It brought me back into a place where I was just at a month ago. And I was just like, I was done. I can't do this like this is a lot for me to take on right now it was a very cold morning for me like i just woke up and i just couldn't take it like the pain felt unbearable like there was nothing i could take for it to make the pain ease like there wasn't enough weed to smoke enough alcohol to drink enough enough sleep i can get to ease that like it was like i felt it even when i was sleeping I spoke to my grandma that morning too, and I was like, "Okay, ma, well, bye. You know, we'll talk later, whatever." And you know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm saying my goodbyes, but not really saying it. And I went to CVS, and I, just, I got like the strongest Tylenol pills I could find, and I, I, I know I took majority of them because there was only a little bit left. And I remember looking myself in the mirror, and I was just like, "I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I can't do it." I wrote a letter to like everybody that meant something to me. I got in the shower and I was just like, you know, laying there, like, you know, the water just running through and whatnot. And I had closed the lights and whatnot. And I just remember it like being cold. The The shower was on a hot temperature and it was just so cold to me. And I was like, OK, I'm going to just go lay down. So I laid down. I'm feeling like a little tired, but it's like I'm like, OK, maybe this is this is it. So I Facetime one of my really close guy friends and I'm just talking to him. And then he's like, how you doing or whatever? And he, like, he could see like some things a little off. And it's almost like, you know, when you want to like, re- like you want to vomit, like something's coming out. Like that's how my words felt. Like it's like I instantly told him exactly what I did. And all I remember was like the phone clicking and he rushed to my house. And where I was living at the time, I was a good 25 minutes away from him. So him and a few of my other friends, like, they all just showed up. And it was just like, and one of them was a nurse, so she was just, you know, trying to make me throw up or whatever. I could not throw anything up. Like, I didn't even feel like I took anything. I just felt tired. Like, I was just sleepy. So I slept. That was it. I just slept. I didn't didn't go to the hospital, nothing. I slept. It was just like, so me and my cousin, we kind of like choked about it a little bit because we were like, God was like, nope, you're not taking it out that easy. Like you about to sit here and just go through it. And it was just like in that moment, throughout that process, even after that situation happened, I was just like, God, like I don't know what you're doing, but all I could do is trust you because clearly I can't go out that way. Like everything else after that was like a blur, to me like i don't really too much remember like you know the timelines like i remember bits and pieces like you know my podcast uh my hair business um you know i was very active in doing hair um after that um and then a few years later Now I'm being a flight attendant and I moved to a a state in a city that I've always talked about moving to. So it's like when I sit back and I look at it, like before I left Miami, me and one of my best friends, like we sat at the beach and we were talking and she brought up this exact moment. She was like, this is why God said you couldn't leave. Like you got you have things to do. You have things to accomplish. Like you can't just leave like that. And it was like, for me, I, you know, I'm, I got emotional because I thought it was it. <laughs> I thought I was, I was done.
0: We are always going to be presented with challenges. Life will come with its ups and its downs with the good news and the not so good. I asked Ashley, how do you combat the good that life will throw you and the bad? How does someone maintain their life when things are going well and when they aren't?
1: I would definitely say things started turning around for me about a year ago when I had to show myself grace for the things that I did not know. I had to be okay with, like, you know, the main character in my life, which is your my mom and, like, you know, my the, the person I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I had to be okay with them no longer being here, and I had to show myself grace for the things I did not know with my ex. I had to show myself grace for like accepting things from my mom that I shouldn't have accepted. So I started going to therapy a lot more active. Like I was very aggressive in therapy. Then I started finding things that I like. I started realizing that I like boxing. <laughs> I was able to release, you know, my anger that way. Um, I started to realize that. I love traveling. I always knew that I liked it, but I really love it. I realized that I like journaling. I realized that I like talking to people. I realized that I like the beach, that I like taking walks to the park. I realized that I like to be by myself and watch Insecure and drink some wine. Like, I realized those things. So it was like, you know, that's when I started to realize that I'm happy with me. At first, I couldn't be by myself, and I started to become by myself.
0: I was listening to an episode on NPR's Code Switch called The Women Behind the Montgomery Bus Boycott. And when I say I was tapped in from the moment I press play, when we think about the bus boycott, we think about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King. But we never really learned how this bus boycott was organized. But in this episode, you hear directly from the many women who organized for months and did what it took to make this bus boycott happen. And y'all, I was locked in the entire time. If you're interested in hearing more stories like this you have to check out npr's podcasts and npr's black stories black truths you'll find a collection of some of npr's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience stories of joy stories of resilience stories that are distinct and varied and nuanced as the black experience itself listen now to black stories black truths from npr Wherever you get your podcasts. So, as someone that has textured and curly hair, I'm excited to share Clairol's Textures and Tones came out with a permanent color range specifically for curly and coily hair types. Say hello to the improved formula and new look while preserving curls and shine. With 12 shades of brilliant, intense color, no ammonia, and stacked with argan and olive oil to deliver some much-needed moisture and vibrancy to your hair. So if you're my girl that likes a little color to spice up your look from time to time, the new Clairol Textures and Tomes was designed with texture and color specialists, and it was created with you in mind, Clairol's mission is simple: to make every woman feel beautiful and confident, and help her live colorfully through accessible and easy-to-use products. Save your time and your money, and give yourself a new hairdo. Because it's not the hair color you were born with, but the hair color you were meant to be. Clairol, it is so me.
1: I've been in a better place since then, and I found peace within myself. And I think the reason why, um, not that I think, I know the reason why my thoughts went that far and I went as far as taking action is because I wasn't at peace with me. Like I was trying to keep the peace with everything else, but I was really at war with myself. So it's like now, even the slightest things, I don't even let that happen. I'd rather just let a person know how I feel or let them know where I stand or just remove myself from the situation before I disrupt my own peace. And I think that people, you know, they don't understand like how much power peace has. When you're at peace with yourself, the whole world could be burning around you and you're just like, okay. It is what it is. My new way of thinking is that it always works out. I always revert back to the things that initially um, make me happy. So your podcast being one of them. I'll listen to that or I'll just go for a walk. I'll, you know, journal. I'll do the things that genuinely just makes me happy as a person, even when life isn't going how I want it to go at the end of the day, it all works out in my favor. I've been talking about moving to Houston for like four years now. Never in a lifetime did I ever think that I was going to become a flight attendant. I was in school to become an OBGYN. It it never, it never correlated. And it doesn't mean that I still won't do that. I probably will. But at the end of the day, it just goes to show that it comes back full circle. I get to travel when I want to. Where I want to for free or, you know, for a couple of taxes, but it's nothing major. And on top of that, I'm living somewhere where I was always drawn to. The crazy part is, I've never been to Houston. I just said I always wanted to live there. This is the most happiest I've been in a long time. My first step was showing myself grace, my second step was showing my mom grace. My third step is showing him grace. Now I just don't know what that looks like and n- nor did I know what that looked like for my mom. It was just as simple as me sending her a um old, relaying a happy birthday text. That took a lot for me to do because I'm like I have not spoken to her like I, and I'm and I'm talking about I'm bawling in tears, crying, just telling her happy birthday. So it was just like, you know, for me to come to an understanding of knowing that she really just didn't know no better, even at her grown age, like the age didn't mean anything. She didn't know. She doesn't know what I know. So it's like at the end of the day, I show you grace, but I give it with boundaries because I can't let you back in how I did before because it separates the real from the fake. It separates the people that actually that actually want to be in your life from the people that just want you based off of, you know, their pleasure and their needs. And honestly speaking, it's for your peace of mind, too. It all comes back down to peace. Like, you set those boundaries, you'll find yourself in a position where it's like, I should have been setting boundaries a long time ago.
0: I asked Ashley... For someone going through this, what kind of advice could you give them? And for someone who's never gone through this but can still learn something from you, what's the best piece of advice that you could give them?
1: It gets better. And I'm not just saying that because of my situation when I spoke about my suicidal attempt on my podcast, a lot of people reached out to me and was just explaining to me how um they were actually in the process of attempting the same thing. So I would definitely say it gets better. I know that says that's a cliche thing to say, and I know that you know a lot of people just go through life. We're all life in right now. Social media just makes it seem like it's easy. It makes it seem that everything is good. But I guarantee you it's not. It's not as good as they make it seem. So find somebody that is your person that you can talk to, that you can confine in, whether that's a therapist, whether that's a stranger, whoever that may be. Vent it out, write it out, you know, just just let it out. Find a way to let it out. Cause I promise you, it's not. It's not worth it. Two, three years ago, if you would've told me that, I probably would've looked at you crazy. But two, three years fast forward, I'm telling you, it gets better. Understand that hurt people hurt people. No matter what title they may play in your life, you gotta understand that everybody's been through something that makes them the way that they are. However, that doesn't mean that you be so understanding where you disrespect yourself and you disrespect your boundaries. Make sure that you have boundaries in place, like it's okay to tell a person, hey, I love you, but I could no longer do this, or I have to love you from a distance. And also make sure that you're healed too. Make sure that you're healed and you're not, you know, projecting on to like other people. Make sure that you're okay with being by yourself, that you don't need to be around people 24-7 in order for you to feel validated. Know that you're that girl, know that you're that guy without anybody else's validation. And the world is yours. We're just living in it. I'm proud of who I am. Like I'm proud that I grew through the I grew through the pain. I didn't just go through it. I build my stepping stones. Like I allowed the pain to make me better and not bitter. Now, don't get me wrong. I did have my bitter moments. However, in the end, it developed the woman that you see in front of you today if I didn't go through um, you know, the sexual assaulting experience, I wouldn't be here. Um, I wouldn't be who I am today. If my dad didn't go to prison, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today. Um, if I didn't have that falling out with my mom, I wouldn't be the woman I am today. So it just all draws back to that. If I didn't go through the trials, I wouldn't have been able to celebrate the tribulations today. And I really do have to give the praise to God. Like, I did not do this by myself. I did not. I didn't just wake up and say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm big ass. Like, you know, I'm doing my thing. Like, no, like the woman that you see today is God. Because at the end of the day, my life really could have ended July 18th. But he didn't allow that to happen. It could have ended a few times, but God was like, Nope. I need you here. Like, I need you to get through this because I have a greater purpose for you. And I know the younger me, the 11, the 12-year-old me, I know she's proud to be like, yep, that's me. Like, that's me. So I'm proud.
0: (laughs) I asked Ashley to take us back to that day, that day where she walked the aisles of CVS making that decision that would change her life. I asked her if she could go back in time and tell her younger self something. What would she say?
1: I would tell her, girl, you're in the wrong owl, Let's go get some wine from Cooper's Hawk. Um, (laughs) And I will be like, let's sit and talk about who you're about to become. Um, I would definitely explain to her, like, I know this doesn't look good right now, but I'm just going to need you to trust me. Like you do your part, I'm going to do mine's, And I've kept that promise to myself and I've trusted myself ever since. And that was a big thing for me. I didn't trust me because of, you know, the because of things that were happening in the past. And, you know, I started to realize that even when you know better, you still have to show yourself grace. So that's yeah i'll definitely let her know you're in the wrong out we need to go grab a bottle of wine we need to sit down and we need to talk because who you're about to come it's not it's not this person like she wouldn't go for this she's not allowing that um she's you're you're better than that like and you know that you're better than that i know you're better than that so yeah and
0: i'll hug her and tell her i love her that's the good news If you or someone you know is experiencing mental health related distress and suicidal thoughts, contact the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline now. There are ways to cope with the feelings and thoughts you may be having. Click the links in the description of today's episode to learn more about the resources that are available to you in your area. The Good News Podcast is a collection of personal stories told week by week with brand new episodes every Monday, brought to you by Ash Media Network. And remember, with every bad day, there will always be a good day to follow. With every obstacle comes a victory. There is always something good to look forward to. Good news is always on its way.